You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T-Man. And I'm Cookie Monster. And we have a special guest who's so nervous, but I don't know why. <laughs> we have Titi with us today. Hey, Titi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How has your week been? It's been all right. It's been all right. Busy, yeah. but all right. That's good. Yes. Good to keep busy. All right. So today we are talking about... What are you talking about? What are we doing about? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Talking about education. <laughs> Hence why we have a teacher as our special guest. Yes, we are talking about education. I'm just joking. Uh, but what exactly about education are we talking about today? Well, we are going to discuss, I don't know if you can say Christian education, but basically how Christians should approach the topic of education. Mm-hmm. There's so many options out there. Yeah. Obviously, you want the best for your children, but what is the best for your children? Is it focusing or sending them to a place where you know they'll be spiritually also educated, or that's just education is a secular thing, and as long as they're good at academics and sports, that's great. So, yeah, yeah that's what we're... I was actually having a, a conversation with Sitsi earlier uh, about education in Zim, um, in particular, that the default setting was always that our education has always been Christian-based education, somewhat. Mm, Because the mission schools. Yeah, because, yeah, I guess just because of our history. And our schools were generally generally regarded as safe spaces. You know, if somebody goes Mm. to school in Zim, you just know that certain things, that there's certain values that are going to be upheld, Mm. that are going to be instilled even. Uh, But just wondering if that's still the case Mm. or if that's changed somewhat mm. and if it has changed to what degree has that changed and why wow is she supposed to answer that well no i'm just it's, it's all part it's all, it's part, all of part of the discussion of, of hey. the discussion yeah. yeah yeah so maybe to see you can tell us a bit about yourself who you are okay. what you do okay yeah i can do that <laughs> that i know very well <laughs> so um i've been in education for 23 years trained as a high school teacher mm-hmm. um my degree was a double major in chemistry and botany so obviously what i taught then um was chemistry and who botany botany, botany is the st- study of plants oh <laughs> i thought it was the study of bu- buttons <laughs> botany. i'm glad you said buttons i really thought you were something else what what anyway, do you think what i don't do you know take me for? nothing nothing at all carry on but oh my word so it just made sense and i knew i was going to be a teacher when i was in lower six uh, I made that decision then, and oh, I. Why, 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 why? Let's rewind. Why? Did you just I, have a teacher who you loved, and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to be just like. Not specifically. There were teachers that I admired, but um, I was a, a boarder from Form 1 to Upper 6 uh, at Midlands Christian College, right. which is obviously, yeah, part of what we're going to be discussing in terms of Christian education. Mm-hmm. But. I was one of those people who just love to help everyone with their homework. Mm. Like, yeah, come to my room. Yes, I can help you with wow. your homework. But it, I hadn't quite articulated it into like what I would like to do for the future. But when I was in lower six, what uh, the extension of the education system that they have there at Midlands Christian group of schools is that they had a training center where they trained teachers that 
were Christ-centered to go out there and teach in Zimbabwe. And so I, they came and did a presentation. They did that all around Zimbabwe. And something just got me. And it resonated in me, and I decided I'm going to be a teacher, much to my dad's like, okay, I thought we were going to go the medicine route since you're doing maths, bio, and chemistry. That's where we're going. And I was like, no, I want to be a teacher. Waited, upper six, applied, went for the interviews, got in, and I was very excited, and I just knew that's what I wanted to be. And obviously, because I was interested in those subjects, I also opted to study study sciences and maths. Um, Yeah, so then that's what I started teaching. Taught that for four years at Midlands Christian College and then moved to Botswana where I started teaching grade ones. Whoa, from (laughs) high school. From high school to primary school. That just was also a God thing, Um, something I tried to fight. But yeah, it ended up being 13 years of really... Yeah, good teaching and experience. And then while I was still in Botswana, I started teaching at grade five class. And then I left, uh, moved back to Zim, uh, straight into back into high school teaching. Mm-hmm. So I started teaching uh, chemistry and maths again. And then um, I gave myself a year's break because mm-hmm. I was celebrating 21 years of teaching. Mm-hmm. I was like, how do you celebrate a 21st? <laughs> <laughs> let's, yeah, let's celebrate. Took a year off and then now I'm back in teaching again and I've got a grade five class uh, at a very small school and I'm loving it. Okay. Yes. Wow. So yeah. What a journey. That what is pretty <laughs> awesome. That's pretty awesome. So yes. I love that. What do you view the actual role of a teacher to be? Like, how do they say it? you're molding young minds? Mm. I hear that expression a lot. Yes. But what, how do you look at the provision or the role, rather? I have my very own teaching ethos, and um, I want to educate the child as a whole, not just the academics. Mm-hmm. I want to nurture them into what they can potentially be in life yeah. and to be that guiding light because you don't always, children don't always have. Uh, those role models in their lives or that guiding light in their lives or anyone who understands education enough to be quite present for the choices that the child is going to make. Mm. And when I say educate the child sort of holistically, I mean, I want to know about them and how they learn because I can't keep going on on a certain path that just doesn't make a difference in their lives i want to appeal to them personally first and then teach them and then let them see where they're going to that's why i'm so thankful for having taught high school and primary school as well Mm. when i'm teaching primary school i know where they're going to Mm. so i know how to help them in that and i did minor in psychology so sometimes i take my time to study the child and see what do they need from me if they're interested in cars i'm going to sort of like make the lesson a little bit more interesting with an aspect about cars. Mm. Why wouldn't you, you know want to say that? I know I'm listening to yeah, like, so, wow. so I, I'm just generally always watching and listening and hearing them and they're always so shocked. Like you remember that? Yeah. Oh oh you were listening. They're yeah. always sort of shocked. It's like yes, I'm listening because it's helpful for me to teach you as a whole mm. because you present yourself to me as a whole and there's not parts of you that are not teachable and that should not be included in your education. Wow. So that's I want to educate the child holistically and usually I like to know about the family lives. A lot of parents think that you 
you want to know for <coughs> other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I have, over my years of teaching, found ways to find out about where they're coming from, home situation-wise, what they're interested in, and what will make them tick in a class. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my ethos. Like, I want to educate the child as a whole. Not just mm-hmm. to say, here's your maths, and I done my part you've got 100 percent. you've got your a star now next lot move out <laughs> you know yeah i want to educate and i want to know where they are in life and i want them to be successful as a person mm-hmm. as an individual as well yeah i can i can feel the passion oozing out of you <laughs> yeah. as as you're speaking that is actually really cool yeah that's really cool uh so you know, this is a Christian podcast, obviously. And so uh, our focus, especially with, with this discussion, is that we really want to zone in on the Christian aspect of mm. education. Or maybe not Christian aspect of education, but then, you know, you've got Christian parents, for example, who want to send their kids to school. Mm. And they have to make decisions mm. that my faith is important and I want my child to be in a school that upholds the values of my faith Mm. but at the same time i also want my child to get good education Mm. and sometimes those two are not always found in the same Mm. in the same place so i'm just wondering just you know based on your experience as as a teacher how best does one strike that balance as a parent as a parent yeah yeah definitely it's something important it's a it's a huge topic um considering that there's so many children and this you know not so many schools that mm-hmm. can yeah. cater for everyone's needs in one place yeah so if you decided as a christian parent okay i'd like my the education of my child to be christ-centered then it's up to you to do the homework um having said that I was just thinking, you know, like, I don't know where in the Bible it talks about um, schooling and Christianity being in one place or whatever it is. But I did find um, that the mandate of the parent, first and foremost, is to teach their child and to grow them in Christ. Mm -hmm. So Christianity really is the responsibility first and foremost, of the parent or the guardian. Whoever charge you've been put over, that's your responsibility. Right. And the Bible does actually mention that. And uh, the second place where uh, children should be receiving their Christian education is the church. So the Bible does focus on Christian education coming from, first and foremost, the parents, Mm -hmm. the family, and then secondly, the church. Now, the school is just sort of like a little top up, a little bonus, so to speak. It's an extension of what the child has learned in the home Mm -hmm. and at church. So those are the two things. Obviously, fellowship is something that Christ wants us to do. Parents are meant to obviously be responsible for their children. Now, the schools are just like, and if you would like your child to go to a Christian school or Christ-centered school, uh, especially here in Zimbabwe, I know that there are some schools that are part of the Association of uh, Christian Schools in Zimbabwe. And funny enough, I think um, they have a conference 
coming up next week, which I'd actually like to attend. Friend, I've attended friend it. Mine, friend of mine is actually speaking at that yes. conference. Yes. Yeah. And where, a few of the people happen? that are... Hannah. Hello, Hannah. I said, Hannah. where is it happening? Oh, where? Uh, Gateway yeah. College. Oh, okay. Gateway College? Gateway High School. High School. Yes. Yeah, so um, there is actually a... a a directory of all those schools online. You, If you just type in ACSI, you'll find. And there will be other little schools as well that have come up that are um, Christ-centered as well. The school that I teach at, I'm not sure if they're registered as an ACSI school, but they are a Christ-centered school. Mm-hmm. So you can find a directory of all the schools that have affiliated, well, that are affiliated with this ACSI and get involved in the community. And I think you can even attend, even if you're a parent, you don't have to be a teacher. I've attended a couple of them and and I've attended them with the schools that I was teaching at Uh, one when I was at Midlands Christian college. And I think one when I was at Peter house. So yes, but you don't have to be a registered member to attend. If you're a parent that's interested, you will meet like-minded people there and they, you can have conversations with them and find out what you would like. In terms of government schools, uh, the best way I would say to find out, even though most schools, some are mission schools or Anglican-based schools or Catholic-based schools, the best way is to talk to other parents. Right. There's a lot of... Um, groups on Facebook that you can ask questions like this, I've noticed. Uh, has anyone ever sent their child to this, this, and this school? And you get people giving you feedback, and then you can make your decision. Visit the schools. Talk to the headmistresses. Um, I know my school allows for children to spend a day oh. for them to assess and see if they're a good fit and for um, others nice. to, yeah, and for the parents to also see, I would say, if that's a good fit as well. Um, So be forward about it because this is your child's education. And obviously there are other things that come into play, like you were talking about the sports and whatever. You have to make that decision at the end of the day. And you have to be honest with yourself um, about what you're seeing in the schools and what you'd like for your child. But I don't feel that... uh, if you're a parent that can get really involved in your child's education, they're not going to want for anything. Whatever the school lacks, you can then mm-hmm. be the one that yeah. motivates your child in that. Yeah. So also having said that, <laughs> I'm just going to put a spanner in the works here. I don't think a Christian school is absolutely necessary for your child to grow up Christ-centered because okay. I really believe that the home and the church would have done their job if they've done their job right that your child will grow up and yeah i mean i'm sure we'll discuss this yeah as we go along In- interesting uh, yeah interesting that you say that because yes. i'm also just wondering about the importance of having a biblical worldview mm. in in the education process mm. right so yeah because you you mentioned the term Christ-centered, mm. and I don't know if that's the same thing as having a biblical worldview. Because I think the school I went to would, I mean, you mentioned it just now, and I was surprised that it's, oh, it's part of that ACI, okay. Mm. But, I, <laughs> but I wouldn't have thought that. Like, nothing about my education really seemed... Yeah. 
I felt Christ centered at all. I felt as a teacher, I, I, I there was definitely aspects of it because um, you have chapel. Oh yeah, apart from the organized religion aspect of yeah. it. But so apart from I that, guess there will be religion yeah. versus yeah, yeah, and and I think a lot of the schools are sort of being a little bit more open to sort of like circularization of schools because uh, I think I was having a discussion with you earlier and we talked about how because we're becoming this global village, we have become this global village. And there's a lot of people that have come into Zimbabwe that don't necessarily share the same belief. If you look at Zimbabweans, I think you would say, I don't know when the last census was done, but I think you'd say about 80%, close yeah. to 80% yeah. are Christians, mm-hmm. whether it's... Identify. I, yeah, they've put their... Yeah, they identify yeah, as Christians. They identify as Christians. And so, but with every, you know, like people coming into Zimbabwe, is they're saying, hang on, where do we fit in? Mm. I mean, yeah. if this is all you're doing. So they've introduced curriculums that you know, like are open mm-hmm. to all the religions. Yeah. You learn about all religions. Yeah. Religious education has become more about learning about other religions yeah. besides Christianity as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're making children aware that there's other, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. I really don't, yeah. uh, especially if the home and the church are doing okay. their job. Yeah. What it just brings to light in the child's life is just humanity mm-hmm. being compassionate loving others uh despite your differences and um and if the church and the home has done its job it has shown love to the child and the child has learned how to love mm-hmm. and if you are made in god's image and everyone's made in god's image we are called to love each other. And so um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But if you know yourself in Christ, mm-hmm. then you are in a field where you can practice leading other people to Christ, practice all the fruits of the Spirit that have come out of you learning to become somebody that's, you know, the image of God. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you cannot fully practice the fruits of the spirit in an environment where everybody has patience, everybody has kindness and everybody I mean the church is for the sick (laughs) so you need need, you need to be in a place where you can practice those things and if the home and the church have done their job then you are practicing that but obviously there are advantages to being in a christian school or christ-centered school yeah um and there are disadvantages as well yeah okay i want us to come to the the disadvantages because that's interesting yeah Uh, just really quickly because there's the other aspect which is that a child can be raised in a home where they're nurtured they're brought up under um very healthy christian teaching and they go to a great church mm. but if they're placed in a school that is directly pushing certain anti mm. god mm. if i can put it that way agendas mm. um isn't there the risk that that child may okay let me let me rephrase that mm. well, what, what i'm trying to get at is that 
isn't there a risk that if if you don't if, if you overexpose a mm-hmm. child to certain things that that are anti-christian mm. they they also run the risk of then being infiltrated <laughs> for lack of a better a, a better a better word like how, how do you how does one guard against even though you want you you want your kids to be exposed mm-hmm to experience mm. counter worldviews and yeah, to experience sure. other mm. you know other other belief systems but at the same time how how do you guard against them being exposed to things that could actually then mm. harm them mm. in the long run yeah i guess if you look at before i look at the disadvantage you know like you're talking about that happening the advantage of being in a christ-centered education system or school is that um you're obviously a bit safer you feel safer and you've got all these um christian teachers hopefully (laughs) in a christian school (laughs) that are keeping you safe and your focus is on your education but it kind of like it limits sort of like your global thinking and the fact that uh, the fact is that you're not going to stay there forever. Right. And one day you're going to have to be exposed to these things that you might be running away from. And I know I was having a discussion with somebody talking about when are they mature enough to handle mm. the outside world. Yeah. But I think if you are having conversations, and open, mm-hmm. honest conversations with your children from an early age, there's that acceptance of other people and but staying strong in your faith so that such that when you are exposed to these things you know how to handle that you know how to handle yourself that doesn't mean that you're going to throw your child in the middle of like the worst (laughs) circular school and that is like doing all sorts of things but at the same time if that happens then they're able to cope with that and definitely um there is an agenda <laughs> uh, with schools and a lot of people are just dumping their beliefs mm-hmm. in schools and making it open in the name of accept everyone and diversity. this is humanity this is diversity mm-hmm. this is whatever this is and um we cannot always shelter our children from everything but we can always have open and honest conversations with them. I love that. They are so much more open than you think to these conversations from an early age. They can tell when you are just faffing around, so yeah. to speak, and not quite getting it. And, and they get confused by that. Mm-hmm. But if you have a proper stand mm-hmm. on something and they see it, one, in your lives as well, it can't just be things that you talk to them about. It's things that they model Mm-hmm. from you mm. and how you live your life you can't be saying one thing and doing another so even with the christ-centered education and bringing christ into the home and taking them to uh bible believing god-centered churches all that they, they they're watching you as well they're watching how you love on others but still have your own stand in christ when there's that confusion or you're lying while you're or you're pretending to be something else while you're with them, yeah. then they're very confused about, is it because it might be right? Mm. It might be wrong? Right. So if you have a firm stand and they can just see you oozing with love for whoever, 
they come across in life, people from different walks of life, people from different religions, but still being steadfast in their faith. How you do business even. They watch all those things. If they are so confused, that's when they go out into the world and they're like, well, my parents don't really do it. They enforce it, but they don't really do it. They do this, but they they, they don't have a firm foundation because of what they're seeing as well. Mm. So besides the teaching, you've got to make sure that they can model their lives on you as well. That's so good. That's the only way you can do it because we are not going to be, we are in the world, but we've got to teach our children not to be of the world. And that's why we want to teach them the Bible and who God is, because the greatest commandment of all is love, love, your neighbor, love love the Lord your God with all your heart, heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And the other one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And if they see that, you I mean, when you, have, <laughs> when you have, when you have love in your heart, finish the sentences, man. <laughs> yes. When you have love in your heart and you are modeling your life and, and wanting to become the image of God, who God is, how yeah. are you going to go wrong? And you're engaging the Holy Spirit on a day to day. You're teaching your children all those things. Don't think that they're too young. Yeah. I mean, I have my little niece who was speaking in tongues after hearing, well, I don't know if it was tongues, but she was pretending to be speaking in tongues. They're already exposed to those things. Mm. Yeah. She's raising her hand when she's praising and worshiping. It's, it's embedded into their lives, not just by do as I say, but look at what I'm doing, Anna, you know, and there are rewards. Definitely, they they can start seeing them from an early age. I mean, I was watching <laughs> the Big Bang Theory the other day, and then the song came on, and mm-hmm. it all started with the Big Bang Bang, and then I was like, oh, bang! And says, but you know, God created didn't start with the Big Bang. She's three years old. What? She said it didn't start with the Big Bang. God created. Wow. I love that. That's what she said. So they're never too young, and they understand. Look, she is watching something of the world. That's circular. Yeah. But she knows the truth already at three years old. You know, as, as you're speaking, yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about the fact that parents have a massive responsibility to, mm. to actually know their stuff. Because mm. if, you're raising, if you're raising children and you want them to grow up with the right Christian foundation, then it means that as a parent, you have to be well-equipped. Mm-hmm. to answer their questions, to instill, again, that biblical exactly. worldview mm-hmm. with, within them. And so it means mm-hmm. that parents actually have to do a lot of work. It's not a small job. It's not a small job at it all. It isn't at all. The minute you conceive or decide that you want to have a child and you're a Christian and you want to raise them that way, it's not... <laughs> it's your life changes. My wife, are you listening? <laughs> your, uh, is I your wife she there? Is. Oh, she is she's going to be there. She's listening somewhere there. She's, she's somewhere there. Your future wife. Yes. <laughs> you, the minute you decide, I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, the same little <laughs> three year old. <laughs> 
here's other things and she will say them and then now you have to sort of like <laughs> I, I don't want to say the things <laughs> she'll listen to somebody saying something and she'll repeat it yeah. and I'm like thinking who's been talking like this in our presence <laughs> mm, exactly you know she has to know that it's wrong and she knows that it's wrong because but if you and husband and wife are fighting over morals and Christ-centered education it's mm. going to be so confusing for the child you have to be one thing you have to be is you have to be in unison when it comes to your children and one their behavior their morals and their education and then don't go to, be, don't go to a shady church Yes, it's bad yes. for your kids. Yes, well, that goes without you've saying. Got to, you've got to research all that. What's yeah. the Sunday school program like? You can't just say yes, I'm going to church, and you cannot even say, which is what I'm seeing a lot of, uh, especially when I taught in Botswana, that the school must do everything. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. why am I getting spelling homework? They must just learn everything at school. So that's what's happening, and that's why even. People are clamoring to go to Christian schools. They, they've sort of like it's it's a hard job, and sometimes it's so difficult. You want somebody else mm. to be responsible for it, but you cannot get tired. You cannot wow. get tired. Even at my age, my mother has not gotten tired of instilling these values in me and reminding me of. Oh, she always says, "I cannot leave anything else." To you, but this is the legacy that I want to, you know, to instill in you, knowing God mm. and loving God and loving others. That is so good. So, for them, obviously, when they chose MCC as um, the school that they would send first my older sister to, that's what they wanted. And not everybody got to go to a Christian school, um, but we are all on that same path maybe even the ones that didn't go to a christian school even stronger than the ones so the christian school is not the standard for growing up christ-centered it is the home and then the church so yeah definitely question Mm -hmm. thank you for that thank you for that city and i think your your parents have done a sterling job i think so (laughs) um question so there, there, there may be people who grew up in homes where they didn't have that foundation. Maybe mm. both the parents or the guardians were not Christian. Mm. And they find themselves in a place where, you know, maybe they are... I'm talking about maybe somebody who's about to go to university. Mm. Um, I, I work with the youth at church, and sometimes, you know, you, you find that there's some kids who are just... You, you can tell that where they're coming from is a bit interesting, right? Mm. Um, and I know some of our listeners are young, are young people. What would you say to somebody like that who's now at a place where, you know, they, maybe they missed out on the Christian education mm-hmm. in, in their formative years, mm-hmm. but they're at a place where they, they want to follow Christ. They want mm-hmm. to still, I guess, get educated and still develop a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. But maybe they're a teenager, maybe they're getting into their 20s. How, how does somebody... Um, develop that that christian worldview so that one day when they then become a parent you know they mm. can also then instill that i don't know if that's yeah it makes that sense falls under the, the so, umbrella of our so, discussion but i just thought i would throw that in there so what i'm thinking is that the gap in their lives was the home part mm-hmm. so then they have to then plug themselves into a good bible-based church right and that's where they're going to be looked after 
obviously you have to make sure that you research and visit the churches and all that and surround yourselves with like-minded people yeah that would be sort of like your christian school because the world doesn't stop being a school even if you're outside of the formal education system uh surround yourselves people and and i don't think god's the kind of person that leaves that one behind he comes back for that person and there's always a way out there's always somebody that's been placed in your life that will draw you back but the best advice i can give anyone is to find a good bible-based church get involved in the program serve um in the church in the community mm. and the greater community even and i really really think it's important that you find a good church yeah. to plug yourself into and just um people that you look up to that you can model your life on like if you see a couple that has been married let's say for 20 years and you can see that they're leading a christ-centered you know marriage say this is what i would want one day what have you done to make the success uh, your marriage a success keep educating yourself um and that's all i can say and it's good that those people have the you in their lives and you can be that light that guiding light that points them as well yeah. in the right direction mm. and never discount what prayer can do you know god prayer engaging the holy spirit on a daily basis prayer moves mountains and god will always have somebody in your life that will say you're going in the wrong direction yeah. and listen to that still small voice which some people call conscience but it's your, the holy spirit in you yeah love it mm. love it what i love about what you're saying is that you're basically encouraging parents not to abdicate their responsibility of helping with that transformation of the mm. mind mm. of the child and giving them that foundation because maybe if us as christian parents or parents to be or whatever are thinking i want to send my child to a christian school because i want to protect them from the wells of the enemy or mm. <laughs> from environments lots of peer pressure or for whatever reason we mm -hmm. have but we ourselves are not like you said modeling mm. what they should be like or we think i want them to go to mcc because i heard they do devotions in class mm. that's nice do you do devotions at home no no so like, why, why are you expecting does not the, make like sense. even the child would be like oh okay why are we doing this in class like it will even yeah. be new to your christian child the, in this christian school because exactly. they've never seen it done yeah. at home the christian school must mirror Yeah. what you are doing at home yeah as well so we but it also, must not be the sole responsibility exactly, yeah. of that christian they can't school. be seeing things for yeah. the first time yeah at the school that they've never heard of never so, seen before never so. experienced yeah. at mm. home because they'll, they'll still come back confused like but i thought we were christians mm. <laughs> mom and dad mm. but mm. i'm seeing something totally <laughs> different at this christian school that you've sent me to and then they come home for holidays and then you undo everything that's exactly. been done during the term so exactly a lot of it like you're saying really is on the mm. parents like we need to examine our own motives for why do i want the child to go there mm -hmm. if i want them to get a b c d e then i need to start doing abc at home mm. before mm. i even send them there yes correct yeah some parents have resorted to 
homeschooling mm-hmm. for, mul- for multiple reasons. Mm. Uh, but I do know that some parents have resorted to homeschooling because they, they're like, yo, my, my kids are getting taught all kinds of weird things out there, so mm. I may as well just mm. teach them myself. Um, what, what's what's your take on, on homeschooling? homeschooling. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even just the secularization of its... The caliber of teachers that are now coming out of this generation. I mean, I just... I'm not saying that we were the best before whatever. And I just think people's focus has changed and people's reasons for becoming teachers are not as apparent or it's not about the desire or the passion for it and so entrusting children in the hands of those even if the school's ethos is a christian one what are the teachers the individual teachers like it's also become a numbers game especially in our environment here in zimbabwe with the cost of living the you know um, can we afford to keep the lights going if we don't have 24 students in one class? Mm. A lot of parents don't like that. They, they like the smaller classes that they were part of when they were younger. They like the attention that the teachers, but you don't find the same teachers anymore. And there's also that brain drain where mm. the good teachers have left to go to greener greener (laughs) pastures and um so there's the face of education has sort of changed in zimbabwe things are different the teachers um where they're getting them from who's training them and what's the mind of the people training them or the the system that's training them where are they going to we have money on our minds as zimbabweans all the time what are we doing it for yeah. the right reasons one of the things that i hear oh no you didn't do so well at school then you can take up teaching yeah so really what teachers are we producing and even if i send my child to a christ-centered or a christian school are they getting the teachers mm. that are as passionate as the teachers before and quite a few parents i know don't like the size of the class that have come up now because of the numbers game. Um, yeah, and keeping the lights on. And obviously, p- parents feeling like a little bit more protective mm-hmm. over their children because of the way the world's going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you listen to what's happening in America with the whole gender agenda and mm-hmm. all that, a lot of parents are worried that if they send their children to those schools like you said they they're open to thinking mm. a certain way right. but if you are doing christian education in the home and at the church right then it's not something that you need to worry about it's not like you do it once and then you say yeah, yeah now i've taught them they can, <laughs> they can go like i said me yeah. at my age as well yeah my mom is still like what are you doing? Did you go to church today? <laughs> yeah, my Did you have mom, your devotions? Like are you actually. praying about it? They're still there. <laughs> I read this verse. I'm forwarding this yeah. person's uh, preach or whatever it is. Yeah. So our parents are not even as old as we are. So it's like you're constantly there. Yeah. And you keep a relationship such that your child can tell you anything. And you get involved. You're not 
quite their friend. <laughs> you make sure that you're the parent first and you you're out there investigating and mm. checking out what's going on. Oh, we're going to watch a movie. What's the movie about? Mm. Have the backbone to say, no, you cannot watch this movie. Yeah. Or um, you cannot hang out with those friends. Or you can't have a sleepover. Yeah. Those yeah. kind of things. Um, and then not without the whys, obviously, because mm. this generation is all about why. Yeah. You need to have an open discussion with them and honest. And also have activities in the home that support your lifestyle as well. You can't then say, ah, don't be on the internet. And then they just left sitting in their room doing nothing, (laughs) twiddling. What else can I do, mom? Mm. If I'm not going to the movies, if I'm not doing this, if I'm not whatever, am I reading my Bible? Am I playing charades with the family? Am I spending time with you? What am I doing? So you've got to have activities for them to do in those spaces that you're telling them, do not, do not, do not. And get involved. Um, Get involved. That is so good. I'm sure so many people are like, I I forgot that aspect. Mm. (laughs) The getting involved aspect. You take something away, you've got to. You can't just say, don't, don't, don't. And then Mm. you don't tell them, do this instead. Yeah, and why? have a long list of don'ts. Mm. Sometimes they learn the hard way. Mm. Sometimes they'll learn again the hard way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you've got to be there to catch them. It can't be like I told you so. Mm. It'll be like, this is a learning curve. Guide them into the truth always because they forget i mean if you think about yourself you have to be constantly reminded and you're an adult of some things like you you got your google calendar it's (laughs) reminding you of this you've got this you've got Mm. you study for an exam you're not going to get 100 percent. you have to keep on studying Mm. so they need that input constantly and even more so because they're not even observant anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah they need to be aware of their surroundings and if they're watching you and you are modeling those things for them, then it's not confusing, then it's not hard. It's just embedded in their lives. It's not something that they like saying any mini mini mode. They're like sh- just you know. straight away going onto that path. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to that person whose main concern is actually the curriculum in terms of how, for example, biology would have to teach certain things that mm-hmm. maybe the church, that's not the story we tell. So like creation versus and evolution, evolution, things like that. Or I don't know how it affects other subjects and sciences, but what would you say to that person? Do they still just tell the child, yeah, learn it and get your A, but it's all lies? <laughs> like, what do you tell the child? I'm, start, I'm trying to think in biology, how do I feel? That's a very good question, mm. so I just to interrupt there, mm-hmm. because we actually had a situation where my niece, my brother's daughter, mm-hmm. had um, like a these schools these days are so advanced Mm. so for a level i don't know what subject it is it's a weird subject but she had to write an essay um arguing for lg lgbtq rights if it's global perspectives yes Yes, global Global perspectives perspectives. yeah it is and my brother struggled with that but she had to argue for Mm mm-hmm and as she was doing it, she became convinced that the church was wrong in, in its stance. She became, like, really convinced. So, like, how would that work? Like, just tagging on to what mm. she's, she's... It, it will also depend on what her background was. I actually... I, I'm... 
maybe too open-minded <laughs> about things. I don't know what's out there. I'm all about humanity. And I think if you have an opportunity to delve into what that group of people is feeling, um, it helps you to be more humane. But going back to your faith and what you believe in, it doesn't mean that the person is not to be loved. But what they're doing, if you maybe can explain to your child that it's not the person but the actions that, you know, that we are not condoning, but not the person. If you can separate that and help them along with that, but then them being convinced, (laughs) we go through those cycles. I mean, I've gone through those cycles, but I'm back here knowing that my faith is strong. I've gone through like, is there really a God? (laughs) You know, one of those, I'm honest with myself sometimes, and I wrestle with God. And you bring them to that place where you're like, let's talk about this openly. Don't shut it down and say, then they're like, why don't they want me to know more about this? Mm -hmm. Research yourself and say, how can I then tell them they can separate the actions with the person? You can still love the person and not love what they do type of thing, but you can't shut it down. You have to. And it could be a journey for both of you. And it could be that it's a long journey. It could be that it's a short journey. I mean, I had a relative of mine who declared herself an atheist and her parents had brought her up to me. But it was sort of like you go through those roller coasters as a teenager because there's so much out there. But the thing is that you've got to be there to catch them. You've got to be patient with them. Don't get angry with them. Don't because these are emotions that they will go through. You are open to an honest discussion and even going to search for answers with them and going through the motions of them getting back to what they truly believe. I don't think, yeah, because if you are wishy-washy about it, then they are not going to know that the truth that I learned is the truth. They're still learning. So you've got to be there instead of like saying, ooh, I can't discuss that topic. It mm. is too much for me. You've got to say, okay, let's unpack this together. Let's yeah. see. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think mm. w- w- part of the challenge also with a lot of, I guess, parents who are older, who grew up in a conserv- conservative mm. setting, I think there's a struggle that they actually don't understand some of Mm. these ideas. Mm. Mm. And so because they themselves haven't processed these ideas, they don't know how to Mm. to then have the conversation with, Mm. with the kids. And I think that's, that's the thing parents actually need to do Mm. to do a bit more cultural analysis. Mm. The Bible talks about the sons of Issachar, that they knew the seasons and the times, right? They knew what was going on. If you can understand that the Bible talks about these things coming and you have got to be, don't be surprised when it starts happening. So we we have to, I think as parents, um, it's important that we understand what is going on around us. Where is the world at? How's mm. the world changed from the world mm. that we grew up in? Exactly. What sort of world are our children growing up in? So that we, when we start unpacking these ideas, like you mm. rightly said, we, we can have a conversation and mm. say, okay, why is this wrong? Mm. Um, why is this right? And sometimes it's not you having to have all the answers, but it's you knowing how to direct them to the answers Correct or answers. to the right mm. resources that can help mm. them. On that note, on that note, I've got 
I've, I've got to, I've got to mention this. There's a book that was written by Rutendom Tungwazi. Okay. Uh, she's just released it. It's a book mm. called "You're His Workmanship." Mm. Phenomenal book. So she she asked me to 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 read the book before before the release just to get my my mm. ideas on it. Brilliant book, um, and it's it's an allegory, but basically mm. it's talking about all of these ideas, and it's a family type setup, and um, so it's kids who are having to deal with all these complicated ideas, things like critical race theory, things like gender, Mm. uh, all the stuff that we're talking about within a Christian home and parents who are struggling Mm. to, to, to um, talk about those things and to help their kids. Um, So I I would actually highly recommend that book. Yeah. And read it first. Don't just buy it and give it to your kids. (laughs) You read it also. Because these are, these are really complicated issues, you know, that's everyone. I I think the world has been taken by storm, you know? And Mm. so we, we, we all really need to understand this stuff yeah. so that for the sake of ourselves and for, yes. <laughs> for our kids, you know, we can, we, we can yeah. have the answers. Where can people get the book? Um, I know definitely that it's at Worldwide Bookstore at Celebration Center. Okay. You can find oh, it there. Definitely. I don't know where else it is. Nice. Sending an invoice to Celebration. <laughs> celebration or to <laughs> But it's a really, really, really good book. Highly, you, highly recommend. Having said that, like parents that maybe are they don't feel like they can deal with the situations that's why they also have to stay plugged in into a good bible based church right. a community that's like that mm-hmm. and they have at their fingertips mm-hmm. numbers of people that they know they should just pop into heads like mm-hmm. ah I know Kuda can help my child with that. But obviously, you also be there because yeah. you are interested in their journey as well. Yeah. So if you just say you go and find out about it, you're also still saying, exactly. this is not something I'm even interested in mm-hmm. opening my mind yeah, to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. if they can see you on that journey with them, they see how important things are. I don't know what it is about children, but their fathers being completely interested in their lives is a game changer as well. Hmm. Mothers, they expect them to be, and they are naturally involved and obviously end up being more of the disciplinarians. You know, the father is the figure that you're afraid of. And if Mm. they have to talk, then you've done something really bad, you know, type (laughs) of thing. But with fathers being completely involved in their children's lives, from my teaching experience, that is a game changer. So fathers out there, be wow. involved in your children's lives. They, somehow they hold their fathers <laughs> with this, yeah, in the highest esteem. Mm-hmm. And the father is, you need to have a priest in the house. And the father is called into that role naturally yeah. because of how the family structure is in Christ. So if that is absent, there is a lot of confusion. Yeah. yeah, There's a lot of confusion. So fathers need to definitely be involved. Walk those journeys with the with your children and say, I your mom would deal with it. And then you find the mother is the one driving the child to the appointments, making the appointments, looking for the people to help the children, looking for the extra lessons, teachers, fathers out there. So to them, it's like confusing. It's not really necessary. It's my mom that wants this for me. Mm. It's not me or it's not the family yeah. mm-hmm. it's just my mom she's on her own mission mm-hmm. type of thing so fathers definitely need to get involved both parents yeah. really yeah i love this mm. i it's wish been we could a really just good discussion 
continue having this discussion <laughs> like the whole day. <laughs> it's, it's so good. And Titi, it's just yeah, she, you're. It's been such I'm, a. I'm surprised by your breath, view, but breath of fresh air having you. Honestly, <laughs> coming into this discussion, I did yeah. not think that this is what you were going to say. At oh all. wow! I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, and there's definitely a few verses that support the home and the church mm-hmm. being the biggest cornerstones for yeah. the child's Christ-centered education and bringing a child up like that. And it starts from the time they have their first cry, like, mm-hmm. ah, then you know, this is where your job starts. Mm-hmm. Well, probably starts from the time they're conceived. Apparently, the music they listen to, how you talk to them when they're still in the womb, there's so many things and so many aspects um, of life. Yeah, and That's actually very interesting mm-hmm. because when my son is quite low he wants us to play a certain song i'm forgetting what it is mm. but my wife used to play it on repeat when she was pregnant with him oh wow so funny thing he always like when it's wow. low he says can you play me that song wow I'm like wow that's that amazing is pretty amazing yeah. that is amazing yeah, that's great. your son is very intelligent <laughs> Yes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I, I, I came to your, well, went to your house, and you guys were not there. And he was so polite oh, and yeah. to greet me, and he remembered me, and it was just he's the best. So sweet. Yeah. I don't I know, like, I don't know oh. what happened to his dad, but he's just like <laughs> <laughs> guys, prayer, 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 prayer. I think when you become a mother. Uh, your default position is on your knees, yeah. <laughs> or when you become a father, it's just let God lead mm. on a daily basis. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Coolies. Is there anything else? I've been, I've been educated. Look I think at the brief again. Thank you guys for making me comfortable enough to... <laughs> I didn't even look at any notes. Yeah, but <laughs> I had Bible verses and everything. <laughs> Do you still have the Bible verses? Uh, the you, you, first can, you, one. Can still, you can still. Yeah. So uh, the responsibility um, in the scriptures, we have been commanded to educate the home and the church. Like I was saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Genesis 18 verse 19 says, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice mm-hmm. and judgment that the Lord may bring up Abraham that which he had spoken. So this was obviously what God had spoken to Abraham, but we model our home life and our family life in the same way. Then Deuteronomy 6 verse 7 Sorry, can I just read this version? This is amplified. Sure, sure, sure. sure. This the same verse. King says, James. <laughs> you shall teach them diligently to your children, impressing God's precepts on their minds and penetrating their hearts with his truths. And shall speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the road, and when you lie down and when you get up. So you can wow. think in this modern situation what it is, the dinner table. Mm-hmm. We're all eating in different places. My parents... That with us so have sat at the dinner table breakfast lunch and supper mm-hmm. from the time we can remember and we discuss these things we pray before we talk about our days we talk about god and all those things um our life experiences and what we're experiencing outside and they bring us back 
to the truth at the dinner table. Mm. When we wake up, my mom likes to pray. Like when I visit, she'll be like knocking at my door <laughs> with my cup of uh, warm water and lemon. And we're like, let's pray. When before I go to bed, she'll come knock by my door like we're going to pray um, before you go to bed. And that's the responsibility of the family. And then this is the responsibility that has been put on the church. Uh, the first uh, verse is from Matthew 28, verse 19. Um, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That's the correct one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and mm-hmm. obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's such a And then Acts 2, verse 42 oh, and 43. Oh, the next verse is also really good. Yeah. Sorry. It's- Teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded mm-hmm. you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Um, the next and one that's was? the church. Uh, Acts 2, verse 42 and 43. They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to fellowship, to eating meals together and to prayers. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Tizi. Amen. Thank you so much. Really good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All righty. Yes. <laughs> All our listeners, thank you for tuning in for yet another episode of Radiant Culture. Let us know what you learned. Let us know your comments, your questions. And yeah, we can continue the discussion online. Awesome. Peace. Peace. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.